Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the NFL Universe. It's been a while. We decided to, you know, really not put out a podcast last week because there was no football. We kind of got sidetracked by things, I think all of us. But uh, so we're going to cover the conference round. Uh, going to cover the Matt Stafford trade and then obviously the Super Bowl, our predictions. Uh, before we even go into that, I just wanted to mention a couple things. There's a couple retirements. You had Jason retire, uh, Greg Olson. Uh, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head besides those two. Those two, but uh, great careers to them. Uh, secondly, we saw Deshaun Watson officially requested trade, which we already had mentioned and then talked about possible trades for him. Uh, but it's official now. He officially requested a trade uh, right after the Texans hired uh, Cully, who apparently was uh, – I, I didn't know this at first, but you guys had mentioned it uh, – offensive coordinator for the Ravens uh, or one of the worst passing offenses at, uh, in the league. So uh, it makes sense to me why he would want to go out. You know, especially, I'm sure he probably didn't have much say in that. Uh, that Texans franchise is not did not give Deshaun Watson any say in that. He wants out officially. Um, he's a wide receiver coach. Thank you, Matt. Um, either way, he, you know, he definitely wants out after that. So, uh, pretty obvious there. And then finally, Carson Wentz might be on the move for the bears. We're not sure yet. Should be interesting to see where he goes. We'll talk about it as it happens, but, um, going right into it, I think we're going to start off. You guys want to start off with the conference games or the, the Matt Stafford trade? What do you guys think? Um, I honestly probably want to get into the Matt Stafford trade. Yeah. Because then we can say. use the conference games as a segue into the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, going right off of it, Matt Stafford, obviously we knew he requested a trade. Uh, it was kind of a mutual agreement between the Lions and him that it was time for him to move on. And they found a trade partner, and it was the Los Angeles Rams. Um, you know, it traded and the trade involved Jared Goff and, and two future uh, first-round picks. Um, so, we, uh, you know, interesting trade here. I didn't understand it at first because I figured, like, Matt Stafford and Jared Goff were essentially equal quarterbacks in my mind. Uh, but after, you know, pondering it, for about a week or so. Uh, I definitely understand the trade. I think it helps out both teams, possibly. The Rams, right? Great defense, possibly one of the best defenses in the NFL. Uh, offensively, I think they've been sort of held back by Jared Goff, and he's kind of plateaued at this point in his career where he hasn't gotten much better. Uh, but we know Matt Stafford. He, he's a guy that's going to fight for your team. We saw it with the Lions. He's been involved with so many so many bad years at this point. Uh, but he has a, a fantastic arm, right? One of the strongest arms in the NFL. Uh, you know, is a leader, and I think the Rams are, are hoping that Matt Stafford will help push them over the top to, you know, get back to the Super Bowl and then make that push to win one. Uh, and Matt Stafford may have the possibility to do that. You know, it's going to depend on chemistry between wide receivers and, and how everything pans out. But, you know, that that's the Rams side of things. Um, and then going over the Lions, right, they get Jared Goff, who, who may or may not do good there. Um, not, I don't think it's their, exactly their top priority. They're kind of in a rebuild at this point. So Jerry Goff is just kind of added piece, but those two first round picks, I, I think, are, are what they're really going to rely on. Uh, so Jerry Goff doesn't work out; they go ahead and use those two first round picks to draft the quarterback, depending on obviously where the Rams land. You know, if the if the Ram, you know if the Rams do get to Super Bowl, it's going to be later first round picks. But um, if not, you know, those would be earlier first round picks. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see whether how long Jerry Goff stays as the Lions' quarterback. Personally, I think he'll stay because I don't think he should stay. I don't think he's talented enough to really lead this Lions team anywhere that Matt Stafford hasn't. But knowing the Lions franchise and the organization, they're going to stick with Jared Goff because they figure they're not going to get better than him, which, uh, you know, it could be a couple of years in the line before they even draft another quarterback. But I, I think both teams technically win out of this one, um, especially with, you know, they've had Matt Stafford, I don't know how long now, over about a decade, I believe, right? A little over. And they haven't really won anything. So moving on from him. Wasn't the end of the world for that. Uh, I think it was, you know, again, looking at it, I think it was a pretty solid trade on both sides, Matt. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you that it's kind of a fair trade on both sides. It's kind of how I thought from the beginning, really. I thought it was a slight overpay on the Rams side, but then again, um, it's really not paying for Matt Stafford. They're paying really to remove Jared Goff, right? So, I mean, we can argue about, like, what we think Matt Stafford's ceiling is on the team compared to Jared Goff. Like, they may have similar ceilings, you know, really don't think so, whatever. But I feel like there's something that can't really be argued is that Matt Stafford's floor is much higher than Jared Goff's floor. Like, when Jared Goff is bad, Jared Goff is bad. Like, so I really think that Matt Stafford at least elevates his team just by providing more consistency at the quarterback position. I really think that if this trade, you know, the way that it looks like right now, if it goes well, which I believe it will be for both teams, 
Um, we could be looking at it sort of like how we have the um, the Bills Vikings uh, trade with Stefan Diggs, where we have okay, like both teams made out of it, you know, kind of okay, and they both made like a good deal that helped both sides, you know. So um, that's kind of like how I feel about it. Uh, it. Again, like whoever's like in charge of the Rams cap space and like or cap, like salaries and trading and whatnot, obviously does not care about the future right now which is fine right you need to worry about the moment like they're taking it one year at a time because this is a team that has an aging core you know like and nobody is getting younger on this team cooper cup getting older robert woods getting older not they're aging to retirement but just you know like they're getting older like every all the stars are getting older so you know is it really a pick in 2023 when matt stafford's contract is expiring is it really going to help them like i mean think about it like i think matt stafford's like two years i believe so um, same with Jared Goff. So if they, you know, get out of Matt Stafford's contract, you know, in 2023, and then they have for their first round picks again, and they can kind of like clear the books then and take a year like down year just to rebuild afterwards, because you can't really argue their success, right? I mean, they've been in the playoffs like almost every year, right? I think one year they missed it, um, almost every year since 2016. So, you know, can't doubt the success. And at least for the Lions, I mean, it's not like a really bad move, you know, you get two late first probably in the next two years. And you probably also are going to get, um, you know, like Jared Goff leading the tank. So, um, and even if he does perform well, then even you can have him, you know, as your, maybe your future starting quarterback for a little while, because the thing with Jared Goff is that he's not great, but the thing that makes him bad for a team is that how much he's paid. Like if he was paid less, like you, but people wouldn't be complaining about him. Be like, okay, like he's just like, he's a cheap, like solid QB. Like that's really what he is. It's just he's too inconsistent to be being paid this top 10 or whatever money he is right now. So um, that's really how I stand on this trade. You know, I get it certainly for the Rams. You know, their, their future already as it is, is not that is not looking that good with the amount of first round pick they've given up, given up over the years. And, I get wanting to go all in, do everything you can to win a Super Bowl, but like, I don't know that I really get this trade. I honestly still don't think it's a great move for them personally. And when you look at it, you know, I I definitely think that Stafford's floor and ceiling are both higher than those of Goff, and especially with the talent that Stafford has. But when has he really proven that he is how, how much better he is than Goff? I don't really understand it because, well, especially if you look at resume, which is a lot to do with team success, you can't place too much emphasis on that. But like. You know, Stafford, um, Stafford hasn't won a playoff game, and and golf's won two of them. So, and not, I'm not saying again, not saying that totally matters. I'm just saying that I don't. If you really want a guy to lead you through the playoffs, golf's done more for your team. And also, I think that it's based off what we what we've seen. I really think the two firsts are an overpay, and and I don't see and a third also. And I don't see how the Rams can justify giving up these first rounders when. Any for any longer when they know it's a it's an overpay or at least it looks like it might be. And I saw something on Saturday night when this trade happened, and it said, when you think about it, the Rams traded six firsts, three seconds, two thirds, and a fourth for Stafford and Ramsey because the last time they picked in the first round was when they traded up to take golf, and they have not had a first rounder since. Some point it's got to catch up to you, and it and also, I mean, it clearly it hurts a team when you have that many guys on your team that have. Are they're on sec off their rookie contracts because part of what makes great teams great is the fact they can draft so well and have a bunch of stars on their team that don't cost a lot of money. Now the Rams, pretty much all their main contributors except like Cam Akers and maybe a couple others, are are guys that they either signed or traded for, and they're and they're still negative thirty million under the cap, so they're going to have to make some sacrifices most likely. Yeah, I I really don't I I don't know about it. For, I don't really like it. I'm completely with you, Max. I actually think this is a horrible trade for the Rams. I see it from the perspective of, yes, I understand you need to get out of Goff's contract, so you need to attach something along with it. But the fact that this was the thing that they needed to attach along with it, they gave up so much to, in my opinion, they there's obviously a difference between Stafford and Goff, as you guys alluded to, but is it what one more game in the playoffs? I think the only way this is a true win for the Rams is if they win the Super Bowl, which I don't think they made the move to do. So at the end of the day, Sean McFay does this, the Rams do this, thinking that they position themselves to win the Super Bowl. Kudos to them for making the move, prove it now, because I honestly don't think that they can do it. I think they're being way too optimistic about what Stafford brings to the table and what he changes from the Lions perspective. 
wow, like that's pretty impressive that you were able to get that return for Stafford. It, it really is. And the bottom line that I see it from is golf has to be super atrocious for you to really question that you made a bad trade here. That's what he, he has to be so much worse than he's already been for you to really dislike the trade. If he stays mediocre, you still won really well. That's how I see this trade. And I think, you know, we look back at this trade. I think everyone kind of saw it out of left field. No one really saw it coming. But I, I forget what I watched. It might have been Zach Shulman from Sean Green Sports. Again, I watch a lot of him. I really enjoy his content. But uh, he, I, it was either him or his Colin Cowher. I can't remember who, which one it was. But I pointed out the fact that when you look at the playoffs, right, we saw Jared Goff come back from the thumb injury. And do you notice how he was the backup quarterback during that time and Wofford started? And when, when Goff had to step up, you know, he didn't seem that injured. He performed pretty well. So were the Rams essentially benching him at that point and, and kind of giving up on him in the playoffs, thinking, okay, Walford gives us a better shot at winning in the playoffs? Uh, again, we saw Goff be relatively healthy when he stepped up, and it seems as if, um, you know, looking at hindsight, uh, now that the Goff's been traded, they may, they may have been a move to bench him, uh, you know, use the injury as an excuse to bench it him. It was. And, you know, I agree with on. you, Nick. A hundred percent. Goff did not look injured at all. That was a thing where they clearly, for a while, have not had confidence in Jared Goff. This has been in the back of their mind for a while. Let's flirt around with benching him. And it got to the point of, okay, we got to move him. We got to move this contract. And here we are. Yeah, I mean, I'm honestly, I think that John Wolford played better than Goff in that last Cardinals game, in my opinion, like just watching it. Um, I guess, or like, not that he played better, but like he looked impressive in that game, that one, the one that he did play. Um, and I could see Sean McVay giving him like some rest kind of, you know, just like, okay, like we want to prefer a starting quarterback, which is fair. But yeah, I have to agree with you guys. I think that really, um, they kind of lost faith in Jared Goff for a while now. I think if you pull up, like, obviously you can do this a lot of quarterbacks, but if you pull up Jared Goff's like worst 10 plays of the season, like they are like pretty abysmal compared to other quarterbacks. Um, I mean, again, like that's just like nitpicking, but it's just like something that like, you know, when you see those plays, you're like, wow, like his bottom is really like really, really far down. You know, I really think that they lost confidence, like even going further back to even say they lost it like after the Super Bowl um, and into the beginning season, because remember, we forget that he had Brandon Cooks open at the end of the end zone. But just I believe I think he kind of threw it a little bit too late. If anybody remembers that play in the when they won 13 to 3, they had like, I don't know if it was Brandon Cooks or Cooper Cup or somebody who was streaking down the field towards the end zone and it gets broken up in the end zone. So, I mean, it could even go maybe, I don't know Sean McVay's mind, but it could probably go even that far back. You know, like I really don't know how far it's been like this relationship was really like fractured from. Yeah, well, Sean McVay's a brilliant guy, right? And we know that Todd Gurley was hurt going into that Super Bowl. So obviously, Jared Goff needed to step up. And the bottom line was he didn't. He looked very mad, 13 to 3 loss, like you said. And at that point, you have the whole offseason to sit on it. Then you've had multiple years to watch the progression and think, is this the only time we're going to get to the Super Bowl with this guy? And that was kind of what happened. And I can't blame them for wanting to give up on Goff. I'm just scratching my head that the the picks that came along with it to then go to Matthew Stafford, it's not like they did this. Obviously, it wouldn't be enough of a return, but it's not like they got Deshaun Watson where you're like, oh, oh my goodness, that Rams team is going to win the Super Bowl. Like, no, 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 you got Matthew Stafford. Maybe you win one more game. That's how I see it. Yeah, and I completely agree. And where I'm re- where I'm really at is just like, how how do you have that return? How do you have two more first rounders for a move that I you don't know how much better it makes you? That's what I'm just saying. You give that much of your future when you've already given up so much. It's sooner or later that you, that's not gonna work. Yeah, I guess like the one question after you guys, which but I guess before we like end on this segment, is like, where do you put the Rams now? Because before like before the Jared Goff trade. Like I still had them behind, like like the divisional rounds, like as far as I put them, right? And now with this trade, I think if the defense stays together, and I think that with Matt Stafford providing a better offensive system, because let's be real, they honestly could have beaten Green Bay in this divisional round if they had a better quarterback play. I'm gonna be honest with you, like I I hundred percent believe that that if Aaron Donald was healthy and Jared Goff performed a little bit better in the divisional round, I know the stats were okay, but if he looked better in the game, they definitely could have pulled that off. 
Uh, Green Bay was not invincible that game. I really think that the Rams are the best team in the division right now, uh, minus any sort of Deshaun Watson to San Francisco trade. I think they're the best best team in their division, and I've at least put them in the conference game minimum. If not that, then you're it's a lost season. Like if you don't get past the conference game, then it's a lost season or at the conference game. I personally, I think I, I don't agree. I I put them. I don't even think they're the best team in the division. I think San Francisco. Remember how injured they were. You get you give them a healthy roster back and say. You do if say they draft a guy like Kyle Pitts in the first round. You that team essentially has almost every position complete except for the quarterback. And all you need to do is a quarterback is game manage. You also got Green Bay if Brady's around next year. Tampa Bay. I, I don't. I don't know. I think it might be a divisional round. Because remember again, they're again they're negative thirty under the cap space. They're Leonard Floyd and Troy Hill are free agents. They're going to lose those guys most likely. Might cut Andrew Whitworth. Maybe a couple other guys. I like get. I don't know. I agree with you, Max. I think that San Fran is the best team in the division, and I think Arizona is the second best team in the division. Like, I know that that's insane to say. I mean, this was kind of my stance a few weeks ago. I said, listen, Seattle might end up being next year the worst team in that division because the division is loaded. But with this trade, it clearly shows me that the Rams have a step up on Seattle. And them against Arizona – I, I think it's time that we think that Kyler Murray is an MVP candidate next year. He takes a step up. I'm optimistic on him and that team putting it together. I just, I hope the Rams have really like used their analytics team and such like that to see what Matt Stafford would look like in this, in this team and with the pieces around him, because they needed to see, oh, wow, we're going to, go 13 and three and get a buy. Like what the hell did they see that they made this move? It kind of blows my mind. And yeah, like I totally agree. It's like, how far are they going to get? In my opinion, they're at best a conference a conference championship. I really don't see them winning a Super Bowl. And that being said, they could be a bad team. I just don't want to count them out again. Cause pre this season, I said, looking at their roster and how they've spent their money, where it's, you know, it's locked up in people like Jared Goff and Jalen Ramsey, and they don't have first round picks. I saw. I predicted this Rams team. I, you know, we weren't in that podcast yet. I was on the other podcast, but I said this Rams team was going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL, and they wanted up making it to the playoffs. So I just, I don't want to count them out again and make that same mistake. But uh, you know, I guess it's, it's really Sean McVay's brilliance and his ability to coach a team that you know s- simply has limited moving pieces. Again, their roster, I think, still to, to this date is built very fragile. Right, this thing could could come apart at any second, in my opinion. When you don't have first round picks, you have people like, as you guys have mentioned, Whitworth and whoever else is on the edge of being off the team. Uh, you know, you, you risk a lot there. Um, and I don't know if you guys have anything have more to say, <laughs> but I guess we could move on to. I, I would the, say if the Rams win a Super Bowl within the next couple of years, and I, I, I just don't. Then that what this is going to be one of the biggest um, ballsy, ballsiest moves, and it's that mm-hmm. that pays off. Like I, I don't. This is I don't think it will, but. If, it does, then Ramsey of my full respect. Listen, all I'm going to say to leave this conversation off is, I know we can't have this conversation right now, but Cliff Kingsbury's overrated as a coach, and he's going to be fired in the next two years. Just saying. <laughs> well, let's see. It's all related to the Rams situation, but it's all- yeah, kind of like kind of like where they stand <laughs> in the division, really. That's all I'm like. Kind of yeah. I guess with that being said, I do want to move on to the conference championship. So, uh, going right there. Buccaneers win it 31 and 26 against the Packers. And before I even say anything, we got to give a round of applause to Alec for nearly guessing this 100% right. Cause he said 31 to 27, if I remember correctly. Uh, one point off. Pretty incredible prediction there. You know, the guys on TV don't even make that type of prediction. So uh, it might have came out of nowhere for Alec, but damn, he was right. Uh, this game, honestly, I think it was, you know, Brady got done what he needed to get done. And that's what Brady does in the playoffs. Brady is not always the most spectacular quarterback in the playoffs. Sometimes he is, sometimes he's not in terms of, you know, statistics and whatever it is. But at the end of the day, you can't argue his success. He gets done when he needs to get done. He had 280 yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions. I think Leonard Fournette stepped up pretty big uh, for the Buccaneers with Ronald Jones being in and out. Leonard Fournette, 55 yards, rushing, one touchdown. But, uh, you know, except again, and then Leonard Fournette also is usually in the receiving game. They like to use him a lot on screens and whatnot, uh, 19 yards for him there. But, uh, you know, they were out. They were without Anthony Brown this game. He'll likely be back for the Super Bowl. Uh, Godwin stepped up 110 yards. Mike Evans, 51 yards and a touchdown. Scotty Miller's been really good for them. Uh, 36 yards and a touchdown. 
And then their defense, of course, uh, doing what they, they've been doing, right? You had, you had Barrett with, with three sacks, uh, Pierre Paul with two sacks. Uh, again, just getting pressure on the quarterback. And, you know, and then you also had, uh, can't remember Bunting. Bunting had a fantastic game, another interception for him. Well, obviously, this game was weak, so I'm trying to remember everything. But again, uh, Buccaneers defense, I think, comes up big again. And I think the Packers fell short, you know, offensively. Uh, this puts some blame on Aaron Rodgers. They didn't, I remember they didn't go for that fourth down play that they probably should have, which is a big controversy. And it seems like Rodgers with the future with the team is kind of in jeopardy after this game. I don't really think it is. I think it's more just media hype than anything. But, uh, you know, he, he wasn't sure. He, he's probably just very upset. He said some vague things in terms of, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be here again type type of things. Didn't exactly say that. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, said vague things like that. And, and that's where I can't remember his exact words because, again, it was like two weeks ago. But, um, you know, got the media going. But I, I think he's, he's standing there. You know, they just made it to the conference championship and were, you know, five, six points off for making it to the Super Bowl. So just to make any sense to me to move on. And Rodgers, 346 yards, three touchdowns, one reception. Uh, Jones only had 27 yards. He's probably gone after the season. I think Williams is going to step up, but they'll try to save money at that running back position. They also obviously have A.J. Dillon, who they just drafted. Uh, MVS, uh, 115 yards and one touchdown. He's stepped up pretty big here. Devontae Adams, 67 yards and a touchdown. Lazard, 62 yards. Again, I think this Packers team is pretty good, and I think uh, depending on what they do with this draft and what they do in the offseason, they, they can really push themselves over that next hump to, to really get to the Super Bowl. I, I, I think they could. They just need everything to fall right into the right places. Because um, you're looking at Alexander with two interceptions. He's, he was fantastic this season. Amos, one interception. Darnell Savage has continued to grow as a player, I think. Sean Gary has been, has been, been pretty good. Um, you know, I just think they have a lot of talented players in the defense. Preston Smith, uh, depending on who they keep, who they don't. King, Clark. Uh, again, Packers team really good. The Buccaneers are just better. And uh, Brady really is the GOAT, man. You can't count him out. He gets it done every single time. And we're going to see the the GOAT uh, back in the uh, Super Bowl once again. Matt? Yeah, definitely can't count Brady out. And he definitely did what he needed to do to get this game, um, to get to get this W at least. So, um, you know, credit to the Bucks team, obviously. But I, I really can't shake the feeling. It's been two weeks that the Packers really did just completely fill this game. I'll be honest with you. Like, there's literally just, like, three plays off the top of my head two weeks from now. Like, still, I can still remember them. You know, the Kevin King – um, okay, with Scotty Miller scored over him before the end of the first half, or Mike Pitt and rushed defense for a reason without anybody in the back, um, putting everybody on one on one on the outside, and he got burned. Kevin King, uh, and I remember Adrian Amos, I believe, or he, um, he had he bit on a play action pass, I believe, in the middle of third, which led to a Cameron Bray touchdown, which put the Bucks up by, I believe, two scores at the time. Um, you know, you can look at the uh, play at the end with the fourth quarter play where it comes Aaron Rodgers does, or third quarter, where, or sorry, third down where Aaron Rodgers doesn't run it in or doesn't do anything with it to get closer, um, but instead throws an incomplete pass. And then also after that, where they proceed to kick a field goal instead of actually going for it against Tom Brady, of all people. Like, even if the analytics say you can kick a field goal, which it didn't, like, you still have to consider the fact of what quarterback you're playing against, which is Tom Brady, who we know is the greatest quarterback of all time and one of the most clutch quarterbacks of all time. So, um I really don't know what to say. I mean, I know that Mike Pettin got fired for this or at least got let go, I guess, because they didn't renew his contract. Um, I don't know if it's more of a knee-jerk reaction. I still haven't really settled in on if I think that's a good firing. It was still a good defense most of the year. Uh, but, you know, I, I mean, where else did Aaron Rodgers go, right? Like, that's I mean, I know I'm kind of harping on the Packers, but, like, um, I know that he's, like, grumpy about, like, oh, yeah, like, we'll see and whatever. But I just – where else is there a quarterback away from, like, winning at Super Bowl and is better than Green Bay's chances? Green Bay is in a terrible division. Um, you know, I mean, the Vikings are all right, but, I mean, they're still, like – the Packers are heavily favored in their division, right? I mean, you've got a solid defense, a solid run game. Wide receiver corps could do some work, you know, besides Devontae. But, you know, they, they, they do at some points um, actually perform. And LaFleur's Lefer, lost, like, six games or seven games in his career. So, I mean, I don't know where else Aaron would go or where else Matt LaFleur would want to go with his quarterback situation. I think they're just going to stay together until the thing blows up and either Aaron Rodgers gets old and his arm falls off or they start losing a bunch. So, I don't know where else they would go, though. Yeah, you know, I think when you look at this game, the first of all, talking about Brady, I, at this point, I don't – see how you can make another argument that any quarterback's better at this point. What guy can play at 43 the, at the level he does? And even if you make make the argument that, like, 
oh, he wasn't like the true X factor, blah, blah. Well, he gets the job done. He does what he needs to do to win. He's done that his whole career. I, I don't think you can knock the guy anymore. I think, what, this is his 10th Super Bowl? I, I think yeah, that it's, is. Yeah, it's his, he's, he was, um, he's six and three record wise. His 10th yeah. one is his first yeah. home one, too. So, yeah, you know, at some point, you are your record, you are your resume. And that's point, that's at that point with Brady. I don't think you can make an excuse anymore. He's just that good. And, when you look at the Packers side, I'm completely with Matt. I'm the word I use with the Packers is disappointed because when you look at it, there's no two ways about it. They choked the game. The Aaron Rodgers choked by throwing the interception before half, even on that um sequence right before they kicked that field goal to make it 31 26. He there was, I think it was second or third down. He had green grass in front of him, should have just ran it in, but threw an incomplete pass. Bad decision making. The defense choked by giving up that touchdown at the end of the first half. Also, they had a few third downs to Brady, if I remember correctly, especially at the beginning of the game. Um, coach uh, Matt Lafleur, the coaches choked by going for that, um, by kicking the field goal on that fourth down. And honestly, I get the. Whole, I mean, I, I see a lot of coaches nowadays using the like analytics decisions to make their decisions. I, I really can't stand that. Honestly, just think of it in terms of situational football. You're playing Brady, and how, and how long can you really? How long? How long do you think you can hold hold up against them? Like, I don't understand that at all. And if you're the Packers, you think, oh, the refs lost us this game with that call at the end. No, they didn't. You lost that too. And also worth noting is the Packers had six points off of three turnovers. You were they were given every every chance to win. They didn't do that. They lost this game. Tom Brady showed up again, and. That was kind of my mentality going into this. Obviously, I cannot refute any of what you guys are saying with Matt LaFleur's decision. It was horrific. In the moment, there were so many people that knew it was horrific, yet the guy making the decisions for the Green Bay Packers thought it was the correct decision. He had people around him that agreed with it. It was really asinine. You had Aaron Rodgers putting up a performance in that second half, really – noticing that this was the opportunity to win the game, right? All of a sudden, after it looked like a blowout in the first half, they're pulling, they're pulling, they're fighting. And then that was your decision on fourth down. It was ridiculous. Even though I predicted Tampa to win, it it just hurts to watch something like that. It really does because I'm not a huge Aaron Rodgers fan. I respect the guy. I love watching him play, but it hurts to see talent that, doesn't reach its fullest potential because of dumb mistakes. I mean, what are we doing here? You're a young coach and you have this great talent on your team. Use him. Don't freaking overthink this, man. How many opportunities do you get to go to the Super Bowl? They don't come that often. It doesn't even come that often that you have this type of talent. And for Aaron Rodgers to have these vague comments after the game, I can't blame him, man. I cannot blame him at all. There are many times that Aaron Rodgers has looked like a prima donna in his career. And there are a lot of people that don't like him for this reason and people that are mixed. Right now, he is in the right. And, you know, I do these crazy things all the time. What would it take to have Watson and Rodgers swap? What would it take? Because at this point, let's think about that. Because if I'm Houston, I'm like, listen – We know Deshaun Watson wants out, but we need somebody to make us a little bit relevant. Are we able to get a Rodgers and Jordan Love to come here? Like what has to happen? Because they messed up. Green Bay messed up. And if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I don't want to play there anymore. I just don't. For Tampa, Tom, keep on trucking. You know, I I saw this happening. I saw you doing your thing. That Scotty Miller touched on before the half. Oh, my God. I mean, it was just – Beautiful to watch Tom Brady succeed in in that game. And to think that a lot of people that always found Tom Brady to be uh, just good because of Bill Belichick, to see him perform that way in in this game at 43, my God, what a performance. Yeah, I guess I'll mention. No, you go ahead. I will also mention that when people, I've heard people talk about the Aaron Rodgers trade rumors. I don't believe it at all. I honestly think it's kind of one of those things that the media is trying to um, stir the pot here. It seems like it almost seems like a lot of off seasons that they, people talk about whether Aaron Rodgers can be traded because they know how he's not necessarily the most liked guy or whatever. 
that you just made the conference championship game. He's going to win MVP most likely tonight. That's tonight's the NFL honors. I think they'd be stupid to trade him. I, I don't, I, I think this is just another into the media trying to blow things out of proportion. It's definitely yeah. fake news in terms of like Rogers, like specifically like, okay, yeah, like my foot is down. But if I'm Houston, if I'm all of these teams that have no idea what they're doing with their quarterback, yeah, I'm going to give Green Bay a call and see what the hell could be done here. Like, why not? Yeah, honestly, I think Green Bay would just like shut the door on that immediately, though, unless they're getting like Watson. Like, I don't know, like what else you would give for Watson, though. You know, like I probably it, at that point it had to be like what Aaron Rodgers, um, Jordan Love, um, a couple firsts, you know, like and probably some more because. Let's be honest here. Aaron Rodgers is worth less than Deshaun Watson is at this point in his career because just because of age alone. Like, you know, like if you want a, a quarterback, you want Deshaun Watson because of age. So I don't really know. Like, I mean, like I know you brought up Houston. I don't, I just don't know where Aaron Rodgers would go and that, and that would pay for him to go there. Um, and like where they're both teams come because I think it's like the best spot for both of them. I think it's the best spot for, for Lafer and I think it's the best spot for Rodgers. The thing is though, I will mention this because I, I think I only mentioned to Nick, is that this is definitely like 2015 Broncos-esque with Brady. I mean, like, I know that, like, he did perform well, but that defense really just stepping up later in the game. And early, actually earlier, mostly in the game, when it really was pulling down the hammer on Aaron Rodgers. Six points off of three turnovers, like, that's impressive, so. I will also say, if, if I'm Houston, I'm very wary of trading for Rodgers because if their organization is bad enough to the point where Watson is upset with them, just imagine it would be, like, with Rodgers. I, I would worry about Rodgers playing for my team if I were Houston. Definitely, Max, 100%. But, you know, I think I think Matt is kind of like – it's hard to really value like what this trade would go down as. But if you are getting Love and Rodgers, I don't think Green Bay has to attach too much more, in all honesty, for Watson comparatively to other teams that have to just, you know, throw a banana boat for – Deshaun Watson and at that point I think the Houston organization says listen Rogers you're picking your staff you tell us who you want to work with that way it's completely geared around him that way they make him feel at home that way it's not a Deshaun Watson 2.0 situation so moving on from there we have the Bills and the Chiefs game my opinion this one was a little less interesting more of a blowout here but uh Chiefs went at 30 at the 24 Honestly, the Bills, not a terrible performance by them, but uh, they just could not compete with the Chiefs. Uh, Josh Allen, 287 yards, two touchdowns, one reception, also had 88 yards rushing. Pretty good game for him. Only 17 yards rushing for a single Terry, 15 yards from Yellen. So the Chiefs obviously held them rushing-wise for the most part uh, down. The receiving-wise, Beasley with 88 yards, Diggs with 77, Knox with 42 and a touchdown. Uh, Yellen at 41 yards receiving. So you know nobody did spectacular on the Bills. They did a little bit of passing, but uh, not as good as usually the Bills are. And then defensively, the, the Bills were, I think, subpar at best. Uh, you had a sack from Hughes. Uh, obviously did not. And a couple interceptions. But ultimately, this Chiefs offense is just – it's too good. Uh, they're just, they're, I don't know anybody that's going to be able to compete with them. I'm sorry, they didn't have any interceptions. What am I talking about? Uh, <laughs> nobody can compete with this Chiefs team. I just they're – they're too good, man. Patrick Mahomes, 325 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, doing what Patrick Mahomes does right there. Williams stepped up 52 yards and a touchdown. Um, Hardman also had 50 yards rushing. Hilaire, seven yards and a touchdown. Receiving-wise, Tyree Kill, 172 yards. Kelsey, 118 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, they pretty much led their receiving. And then defensively, I think, you know, as the Chiefs have gone throughout the year, I think their defense has gotten better and better. I think their offense is spectacular as it is. They're just better than the Bills. I don't think the Bills are a bad team. Uh, I don't know if anybody could beat these Chiefs. Uh, they're just that good. <laughs> um, I guess, Matt? Yeah, I guess I um, underestimated how big of a moment it was going to be for a team like that. You know, the Bills who had suddenly gone from trying to scramble to the wild card to absolutely eviscerating their division and actually coming in, like, in second place in the in the AFC. Uh I mean, you know, it's 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 this Chiefs team is just absurd, like you said. And I think I think if Patrick Mahomes wins the Super Bowl, I think he's the like I think he like would beat Tom Brady for like least or for like like I think least amount of losses before the second Super Bowl. I think Tom Brady had like eleven losses before his like his second Super Bowl. And I think Pat's like at like right now I think at like ten 
or like or nine or something like that. I think it's even I think it's like a nine or something like the nine or eight. Um, so, you know, it's just impressive, man. It's, it's super, super impressive. Uh, this run, you know, it's just like something that we, we were talking about with the with the um, Patriots about how we're never going to see this run again. We're never going to see this type of dynasty again. And <laughs> Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes looking like that they're going to be even worse than what that team was. So, I mean, dynasties are teams like this come and go. We, we saw Seattle go to two Super Bowls in a row. And they look phenomenal. And then it fell apart, obviously. So it could very quickly go sideways. But man, like just living the moment and this can be a fantastic Super Bowl. Um, but I know obviously we're talking more about the AFC championship game. And, um, you know, the, the Bills really also just kind of um, like it was just really disappointing to see how like defense, like not defensive, I guess, like pa- passive they got. Um, they were aggressive throughout the entire year. You know, they were trying, they go always go for it on fourth down and they just kept kicking field goals this game over and over again. And, you know, they're not going to beat Pat Mahomes with field goals, especially when your defense is not playing very well. So I, I don't really know what the game plan was. I mean, I know they tried to like make the score look closer, I guess is really what they were trying to do, but you played a win. Like you already got this far. You might as well try. You're already up nine, nothing. And you're kicking field goals. not going to solve anything. Yeah, I think in this game, we saw the value of like what overall experience can do for a team because this Bills team is very inexperienced. Mahomes is pretty inexperienced too when you think about it, but when you have Andy Reid, that helps out a lot. Anyway, you know, I just think it's a case of you're good, you're getting there, you're on the verge of great, you're just not there yet. And I think that comes with time, you know, Josh Allen. It, he took a great step this season. Obviously, obviously, he's not the better quarterback than Mahomes at this time. And, you know, I definitely think a lot of it ha- this game had to do with Sean McDermott being too conservative as Matt covered. When you're playing the Chiefs and you're down, what, what were they on two possessions going to the half, I think it was? I think you, you can't play just to kind of hang around. you got to play to win. When you're down two against the Chiefs, you you got to assume that you're going to you're, you got to assume you got to get six every drive to just stay in the game. And when you don't do that, you're in trouble. And that's what happened to the Bills this game. And, you know, I don't think it's any reason for fans to panic. I think it should be proud of what they've accomplished this year. But I think it's going to take more time. And I, I hope they get there because I really think they're on the verge of something great. But it'll just take some seasoning to get to get better. I think they definitely just today, I mean, in this game, got beat by the better, more seasoned opponent. Yeah, going into this game, I told you guys I was nervous. I was nervous. I thought that there was a chance that my Super Bowl prediction of Chiefs-Bucks wouldn't happen just because of this game. I wasn't really nervous about the other game in Brady. I was worried that Mahomes was a little hurt. He wasn't hurt. That's a, that's, a, that's a bad man right there. And that's what ended up happening. I'm with you, Max. The Bills, they are going to be around. They are going to be relevant. They are something to look out for in the next few years because they have a nice core there. Um, Maybe getting more work with Zach Moss a little bit, like a solid running game instead of a committee, something like that I would like to see from them. But they're a nice team going forward. And, man, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are here. They're here for their, their second Super Bowl in a row. We're just watching an amazing career take place in front of our eyes. And that's what I like to see. I like love to see in all of these sports, the Mahomes, the Luka Doncics of the world, these young guys that are just going to dominate for the next generation. And to watch him come off of a performance where we thought that he was concussed potentially and that he also had a toe injury and he balls out like that, I'm not going to be worried going forward. Totally agree. This Bills team, they're fantastic. And I just they're going to be a force to reckon with in the near future. Cause when you have somebody like Josh Allen, talented quarterback who is bound to win an MVP at some point, you know, that, that team's going to be relevant and competitive for years to come, uh, regardless of what the, the roster that shifts around him. You know, we've seen it with myriad of teams, whether it's Tom Brady or it's Aaron Rodgers. Uh, when you have a quarterback like Josh Allen, you have a chance. I just worry about if this was an aberration, you know, between, I mean, I know that, he looked great, and I don't think it is, but it's just something to be concerned about when you see his completion percentage year over year and the sudden increase for, you know, today, like, or not today, but this year. So you just kind of, like, you it's in the back of your mind, I feel like, right, guys, like, where it's like, okay, like, is this really going to be, like, is this what Josh Allen is now, or is this more like just one really good year and you might get figured out? I don't know. I don't think anybody knows the answer to it. It's just guess at this point. But 
Um, and teams come and go, right? You know, you got Miami, then other division breathing on their necks. I mean, like they're closer than you guys can, you know, think. I mean, I, I really think that if they have a good draft this year, you know, Miami could start competing with them, like for some really tough games. So, hey, I mean, you know, it's definitely the NFL's never cakewalk for any team, minus the Chiefs, I guess, and the Patriots for a while. But, um, yeah, like it's definitely going to be an interesting offseason for the Bills and seeing where they can go next season if they can build on this. 100%, 100%. And with that being said, I guess it brings us to the game, uh, the game of the year. Here it is, the Super Bowl, uh, you know, Super Bowl 55. It's here. It's in Tampa. Tampa's home. Uh, first Super Bowl ever where we have a home team. Uh, it's going to be happening tomorrow, Sunday, February 7th. 2021 at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Officially, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Currently, the Chiefs are favored at negative three uh, via FanDuel. Uh, Going to be a pretty fantastic game. You know, I like the storyline, old goat versus the new goat. Uh, I knew it was possible. I said if, if there was any team that was going to make it out of the NFC that was sort of surprised it'd be the Buccaneers. They did it. They're there. Uh, ultimately, I... I just giving it away right now. I, I don't think the Buccaneers are going to have enough to win this one, though. We're going to see another Brady loss in the Super Bowl. The Chiefs are just that good. And it's, it's not. It's not a, really a knock on Brady. It's just. It's really how good the Chiefs are. I don't think this Buccaneers at, at defense, as good as they've been playing, I don't think they're good enough to, to really stop this Chiefs team. And maybe I'll be wrong, but I just I can't sit here and, and predict or I guess bet against the fact that Chiefs are going to win this game. I, I just I can't see it happening unless. Barring some miracle where Patrick Mahomes gets hurt, and I wouldn't want to see that. I'd rather see you know, the Bucs win it without Mahomes getting hurt if that was the case. But, uh, you know, I, I think the Bucs are going to get back Antonio Brown for this game. I really have no doubts that he'll play through his knee injury. But uh, I, just, I I really can't bet, it, but bet against the, the Chiefs here. I'm probably going to pick the Chiefs by seven points here by a touchdown just because high, how high scoring their offense could be. Uh, I guess I'm, I'm gonna give a score prediction just because it is Super Bowl. I'm not usually in that because the you know, scores can go anywhere, but uh, I guess I'm gonna go 35 to 30 Chiefs win the game, uh, and it's gonna be a pretty good game. Uh, so I guess I go five points spread there, but uh, I'll go 35 30 in the favor of the Chiefs, Matt. Yeah, um, you know, this this game honestly, it, it I kind of wake up one day and I think I'm a, I'm gonna the Buccaneers gonna win. I wake up another day, I think the Chiefs are gonna win. It's honestly something that I think is very close just for me personally, because I, I don't really know how Tom Brady loses to the same team twice. I know that he doesn't have a say in how their defense performs, but I think you know, lighting a fire on the other guys, come on, do it for Tom, come on, do it for Tom, you know, having these people um actually perform up to what Tom wants from them um for the Super Bowl, I think is definitely key. And I would be like pretty staunchly Chiefs if honestly if Eric Fitch was still playing. I know that we've seen offensive line play succeed despite key players going out, uh, i.e. the Browns uh, game when against the Steelers where the vaulted Steelers line wasn't able to do anything against Browns backups. So I mean, it's definitely possible that it doesn't even affect anything, but it's definitely something to look out for. You know, offensive line of the Chiefs versus defensive line of the. Um, of the Buccaneers. I think that's like the number one battle right now, because if you can stop Mahomes, you know, I mean, you got Brown, you got Godwin, you got Evans, um, Leonard Fournette's been performing well. I think it was like 200 something yards and two touchdowns in this, in this um, postseason. So I, I really don't, I think it's gonna be a high scoring game. It's going to come down who gets those stops, who gets the, you know, like it's like the, um, the Eagles, um, Eagles, uh, Pat pass game from a couple of years ago. You know, like it's like nobody really got any stops, but except except when they needed it, when they when they won, when they needed it, the Eagles got a stop and fumble, made Tom Brady fumble. Like there was like barely any punts besides that. I don't think there was a punt besides that. Was there? I don't even know if there was. But um, yeah, that's basically what the point I'm trying to make is that like I think this is going to be a bunch of fireworks. I think nobody can be able to stop anybody. But um, it's really that that's the one thing that I'm looking forward to is seeing like if like if they can get a stop on Pat Mahomes once or twice. You know, Brady can make people to keep this lead comfortable for him and win this. But I'm still favoring the Chiefs because I just think that they've looked good all year while the Bucs have had their hiccups. And we've seen this team beat the other team before, granted, a while ago. So I would probably say, I would say probably Kansas City 42 and Bucks like 35, I would say. And I know that we're discrediting, you know, Brady. I think Brady's still the GOAT. Um, but you know, if Pat Mahomes win this game, he's definitely going to start great gaining ground on him. I think that's also just another important thing just to touch on before I end is that 
if I think, in my opinion, if Brady wins this game, I think that it just slams the door very close to shut on Pat Mahomes' goat chances just because people are going to hold against him. You didn't beat Brady. You didn't beat the GOAT. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, unless they meet in a future Super Bowl, I think that's going to be held against him. Um, and even though they might still be neck and neck for the rest of their careers, I still think that, you know, that might be a big talking point because Pat Mahomes can win here and win two Super Bowls in the least amount of losses ever. You know, like, he's he's got he's got Brady in that one. He's going to keep going for him, so we'll see. I definitely think that I think most of us um, here and, and everywhere – most football fans would agree that the Chiefs are the better football team coming into this game. I mean, just the way Mahomes leads that offense, they can score at will. They're so well coached. You know, it's going to take so much to beat them. You know, but the when you think about it the other way, the Bucks, their defense has been playing well, really well in the playoffs. And even though the and think about the last year in the Super Bowl, the Chiefs, they had only scored 10 points till the fourth quarter last, last year. You can kind of attribute their offensive explosion in the fourth quarter a, a good bit to the 49ers choking and and also and with the way Brady plays he just I don't even know how but he gets it done all the time the Bucks are rolling I, I think that I think Brady's going to get another win I think that the way that defense is playing and and Brady just seems to be able to get it done all the time and I think it's going to be another statement win he's been doing that all playoffs long I think he's going to keep going with that I think, and I think it's be about 30 to 27. I think the Bucks defense does just 30 to 27. The Bucks defense does just enough. And Brady also is just enough. I think it's going to be one of those, another one of those performances, just like the Packers game. I thought the Bucks couldn't stop the Packers offense. And they did just that, but they had to. And I, I think that's going to happen again. So this Super Bowl was one that I said was going to happen before the playoffs started. That was my prediction. And I said that the Chiefs would win. And I stay consistent on the show. I continue to double down on anything that I have said. And I said when we were covering like week 15, 16 of the regular season that I was excited about Tampa Bay, but I still didn't really know what they brought to the table because they were so inconsistent. And during the, this playoff run, my belief in Tom Brady – was there he has been himself and he has balled and the team has performed very well but they've also overperformed considering everyone's expectations in for the most part of a 43 year old leading the team and this is no disrespect to Tom Brady I said he would make the Super Bowl this is going to be a blowout I think from this is just how I feel I think it is going to be 35 to 13 and the Chiefs are going to ball while Tom Brady and them, they're just going to have the issues that they had in the beginning of the year. I think it's going to come back to bite them. They were able to like put a little Band-Aid on everything during this playoff run, but there are still so many concerns that have happened. They didn't have statement wins until this playoff run. It's been an amazing run for Tom Brady. And I agree with you, Matt. If Tom Brady does win this game, which he – is more than he definitely could win this game. I'm going the complete other way and saying it is a blowout. That's just where I feel. But if he wins this game, Pat Mahomes has no shot. He has no shot of being the GOAT. He would have to win 10. He would have to win 10 Super Bowls in order to be the GOAT because you cannot lose to a 43-year-old Tom Brady when you, my friend, are fantastic, when you look like you could be the best player to ever play this game. So, Pat Mahomes, do what you got to do because this is a legacy for you, my friend. This is a legacy game for you in your young career. And, my gosh, live up to your expectations. I can see this as a blowout, and that's what I'm predicting it as. Yeah, I think really the only way this GOAT conversation, which kind of we're kind of talking about now because um, it's kind of like what we're, most of the storyline is, right, young GOAT versus old GOAT. I think the only way it kind of stays close and Pat Mahomes loses is we're talking like Pat Mahomes, like, 21 or 21 pass completions for like 25 pass attempts like 400 yards like he's breaking brady's records from the eagles game like he's throwing like four or five touchdowns and they still lose by like three or something because of a defensive error like that's the other way like if pat mahomes is like a near perfect godlike game is the only way i think it's even close but honestly like like i said yeah like i agree with you like it's really like people are going to hold against him and be like you didn't beat brady 
You know, you didn't beat Brady in the biggest stage. You have all these offensive weapons. You should have beaten Brady. And that's pretty reasonable, I feel like, because of how, you know, it's I know it's not him specifically fighting Brady, but, you know, like it's Brady's team. People are going to look at it like that. And, you know, if all said and done, he's probably still going to be a Hall of Famer the way his career has been going so far. But and I don't want to say it too early, but obviously, like, that's what it looks like. But it's just like that goat debate really what's going to happen. It might be like kind of like the LeBron James um, Michael Jordan thing that we're having in, in the NBA where it's like, who do you really think is a goat or like, you know, like arguing with that. Um, that being said, I just want to mention one more Super Bowl that kind of reminds me of is anybody remembers the unstoppable 2015 Panthers offense, Carolina Panthers offense running into a solid, um, a solid but inconsistent Denver Broncos team. Just saying so um, it's definitely possible that something similar happens because history does repeat itself. I just see it as the other Denver team running into Seattle. That's kind of where I'm at with this. And to talk about another historic game, Patrick Mahomes should have beaten Tom Brady in his MVP season in the playoffs if it weren't for that flag that was thrown while Tom Brady threw an interception that would have ended the game. So now that Pat Mahomes has this chance again on a huge stage, he balled out a few years ago in the playoffs in this huge stage. I think Pat Mahomes has that moment in the back of his mind as damn it could have been the third year in a row that I'm in the Super Bowl and this is the guy that stopped me from going there the first time I think Pat Mahomes is going to ball and I'm ready for this I cannot wait a hundred percent it's gonna be a fantastic game I think regardless of what happens I just if it is a blowout I hope it really hope it's not because I just hate Super Bowls that are blowouts you know I can't remember which one was it what was it it was Denver and Seattle, was yeah. it? Where Seattle blew them out. Yeah, that was game was just that game was horrible. I, I I really hope we don't get another one like you mentioned. It was rough to watch like that. that game. It was rough yeah. to see Peyton Manning's demise. To see rookie Russell Wilson just doing his thing, looking like he might be having one of those careers that you'll never forget. And then, like Matt said earlier, that guy look at him. fell apart so quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, that's like, honestly, like, that's why I like I say Hall of Fame tentatively, you know, Russell Wilson, I believe is still a Hall of Famer. Also, we can talk about that later at a different time. But, you know, like, everything can fall apart really fast. Like this team could just get old. You could see Tyree Kill could have like, a, I, I know I'm not wishing for injuries, he could have an injury next season, you know, like a lot of things could happen where this dynasty or in the making could completely fall apart too. So I have no idea. But hey, don't worry, once you're 35 to 13, it's late in the fourth, and we got Tom Brady for the next epic comeback of his career. I don't know. That might, that might just like just Pat Mahomes would be embarrassed walking off that field. If he lets that happen to him. Um, I guess that being said, that pretty much wraps up our segment. So our Super Bowl predictions are in uh, the big game is here. And I guess we're going to see you guys next time. I guess we're going to break down what happened in the Super Bowl. I mean, that's pretty incredible. We're there. Um, if you guys have any comments, questions, concerns, or feel to leave them at my email and it goes over 10 at yahoo.com. If you guys are interested in working or writing for the Sport Universe, feel free to contact us at the Sport Universe 2019 at gmail.com. Other than that, I guess see you guys Wednesday or whenever we decide to cover the Super Bowl. Maybe we'll yeah, take a couple days like and really so. break it down. Yeah, you know, there's no football coming up after that. So uh, we'll have to really you know, sit here and ponder what happened in the Super Bowl. Uh, maybe Carson wants to be traded by next time, but. Uh, we'll have to see what happens. Uh, Super Bowl 55, here we go. See you guys next time. See ya. See you guys.